Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Joining us for our International News Review is Steve Oaken, the Senior Advisor for McClarty Associates. Uh, good morning, Steve. How are you doing today? And there's lots going on. And, and let's start this uh, segment. In the U.S., um, a, a notable firing happened uh, this uh, past Friday night. And tell us about that. Steve Linick was the, the, the watchdog, government watchdog uh, for the State Department and the Inspector General. Give us some background and, and the update on his firing on Friday night and why it's important. Well, I, I want to start with the fact that it occurred on a Friday night, as you mentioned, mm. because when, 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 look, when I was in government or, you know, when, when I do media for, for clients, when you do media for clients, when you have good news, you want to put that out, you know, on a morning where you're going to get the most pickup, you'll get, you'll get carried throughout the day in newspapers and social media, maybe you'll be on TV that night. And when you have bad news, you dump it on a Friday night after everybody's gone home right. um, and so you can get less coverage. So this came out on a Friday night for a reason. And this is because it is the fourth time the president has fired an inspector general. Inspector generals were created in the era after Watergate to have an independent you know, watchdog um, in the, each of the cabinet departments uh, to make sure that uh, there was no waste, fraud and abuse happening. And the president does not like having independent watchdogs in the government. And so ever since. He got uh, acquitted in the impeachment trial. He has been firing them one by one, and this is the fourth one. Are there are there watchdogs in every government department, or just some of them? Yeah, you know, basically all of them. And because the purpose is, you want to have an independent person inside the department so that they can see what's happening, um, and then take steps to um, show what actions need to change. And so like, well, I worked in the Department of Transportation um, for five years. We had an independent uh, inspector general. You know, one of the things that she looked at was, was there, um, were there problems with aircraft uh, repair parts? Um, were they coming in unsafe? Were there counterfeit parts coming in? So she wanted to make sure that the Department of A uh, Transportation and the Federal Aviation Administration in particular was doing a good job to keep Americans safe. And that's something that the inspector general did. And it's something that, look, it's tough because you have somebody who's inside your building telling you you're not doing a good job, but that's what you need. And um, they're very important function to have. So they are in every department. Again, this came out of Watergate to try and make sure we didn't have abuse of power. But you know, these are uh, appointed positions by the presidents. So, for example, Barack Obama, Obama appointed Linick, uh, who was just fired on Friday night. Uh, and during his tenure under in the Obama administration, he he uh, you know investigated Hillary Clinton, for example, and her email um, situation that she had the missing emails uh, and using the the wrong server and all that. And is it is there an inherent conflict of interest that? a sitting president appoints somebody to that role that might be critical of his or her administration? Well, this is what, what gets to the purpose of the inspector general. And if you look at who this, who Linick was before he was appointed, they tend to be career prosecutors, mm -hmm. right? They ha tended to be career officials who had an expertise in doing investigations in doing inspections. And so you would then appoint, 
these people. Now, they were presidential appointees. They could only be fired for cause. And so they lasted from administration to administration. So when I was in you know, the Clinton administration, our inspector general had been appointed in the Bush administration. So it's very common to do this because you have these career officials who, who, who aren't political. What Trump is doing is saying the cause for my firing is that I don't like this person <laughs> because they're, in, they're, they're, they're looking at, at the work that we're doing. Mm. Therefore, I'm going to fire them, bring in somebody else. And the person they're going to bring in to replace um, this career, former career official, is somebody who worked with Vice President Pence in the state of Indiana. Mm. So they're doing exactly what you're not supposed to do. But legally, the president has the right to give a 30-day notice to fire somebody, and he said, I don't have their confidence, therefore I'm firing. It goes against the spirit of the law for sure. That's interesting. I think uh, you had mentioned other people that he has fired. Uh, it was also the uh, Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, the Defense Department, and now he's moved to replace the uh, the IG at the Department of Health and Human Services, um, uh, what was believed to be because of her critical response over the U.S. COVID-19 efforts around uh, in the last few months. Is there is there anything the Democrats have already said there they want all the documentation from the White House on this? And is there anything in a practical matter that they can do other than make noise uh, to either stop this or or make trouble around this this firing on Friday night? Oh, they could impeach the president. (laughs) <laughs> well, we know how that goes. <laughs> Surely you jest. <laughs> I'm not jesting it. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> well, that's it. The, the answer is no. Because, right, the president has said, I don't care. I'm going to go against the norms. Yeah. I'm not going to cooperate with any investigation. Um, and you sue me, right? So I'll see you in court. Impeach me. I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to get convicted. And that's what the, the danger is, that, that you have a, an imperial uh, presidency when you don't have people like the inspector general. This inspector general issue at the State Department, what, what we're hearing you know, in, the, in, in news reports, is that Secretary Pompeo was using a, uh, a presidential appointee at the Schedule C level. And that's a more junior person. So when I went to the, the, to, to, to the U.S. government, I was a Schedule C. And that's a political appointee, but at, at a lower level, not somebody like a secretary of state or an assistant secretary. And supposedly Pompeo is having this Schedule C, this political appointee, on his government time doing errands for he and his wife or running mm. something personal for him and his wife. That is an illegal use of government services. Because mm. if you're getting paid by the government, you should be doing government work, not doing Not, not work picking up somebody's for, laundry or whatever. <laughs> and, and, look, and, and it happens, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so the question is, you know, how many people were their bosses? Hey, you're going home. I got to stay late. Can you drop this off for me? Yeah. Or can you, you know, pick something up and bring it to my house? And most of you, of course you do, right? Because that's what you do. Um, so, but if you're doing it over and over and over again, if you're doing it with government money, that becomes a different issue. Supposedly, that's what the inspector general was looking at. Pompeo said to the president, fire this person. The president fired him. And now the Democrats will want to do an investigation in the House. But I can't imagine that anything from a, a legal or oversight perspective is going to happen. It's going to be taken care of in the election one way or the other. Talking with Steve Oaken, the senior advisor, McClarty Associates, on our international news review. And another issue that has come up was the whistleblower 
uh, Rick Bright, who testified before a co- congressional committee that um, as the virus spreads in the U.S., the window is closing to address the pandemic. And he, of course, has been uh, you know, very critical of, of the government, his role in heading a federal agency in charge of the vaccines last month. Of course, he was let go. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the latest on his status? Well, I mean, you know, he's also in that in, in even a less protected position than the uh, inspector generals, because inspector generals are only supposed to be fired for cause. Um, but when you are firing career civil servants because they're telling you something you don't want to hear or that they're putting out a message that can contradicts the message the White House wants to focus on, which on the pandemic right now is reopening of the economy, it, it bodes it, it does not bode well for how the U.S. is going to be uh, handling the pandemic uh, for the next six months. Uh, are, there's a, a, a struggle in every country between you know, health and safety on the one hand and economics on the other, because you can always make the case that, uh, you know, bad economics is also bad for people's health and safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, And where do you find that balance? So it's clear that the Trump administration is shifting to more of the economic message than the uh, than the message on health and safety. And that's why, the you know, this whistleblower came out. And it also was about corruption as well, which is a different type of corruption, which was where were supplies being bought from people with Republican ties, you know, similar to what, what the Pompeo was, but much more, much more critical to, to the U.S. economy. You know, Steve, the uh, president, or, well, I should say first, Rick Bright um, was tweeted out by the president, <laughs> the president saying that he's a disgruntled employee, that sort of thing. And Steve Bright re- responded, he's, I, I'm not disgruntled. I'm just, you know, I, I'm concerned about the way that the U.S. has handled this. And and uh, we have seen this pattern before where any kind of criticism is met with a personal attack. Uh are, are any are, are any of these moments uh, instructive for let's say future governments in the U.S. as to how to handle either these pandemics or just how to handle criticism in general? Because it's a new it's kind of a new day in terms of how the the presidential the, the office of the president is looking at criticism from people that are career experts on certain topics. Well, and that's the, 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 the issue that, that we're going to have to address in the post-Trump era, because it's not going to get addressed between now and, and the election. And if Trump wins, it probably won't get addressed in his next term either. You had a lot of reforms come in after Watergate, because you saw Nixon abuse the power of the presidency for his own good. And that was getting the IRS to do audits of Democrats, right, getting people uh, you know, to, 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 you know, getting people to break into, you know, offices of political opponents. And so you put in all of these controls after Watergate to try and prevent that from happening. Now, Trump is ignoring a lot of those, like with the inspector general that came out of Watergate to make sure there was no waste, fraud and abuse and of, of political power. Um, but now Trump's just firing them for, for, for no cause that he has stated other than I don't have confidence in them. And are you going to see the types of reforms in the post-Trump era that you saw in the post-Watergate era to make sure that a president has to release his tax returns or that a president cannot fire somebody um, without cause and then putting real teeth into that or having the Congress have its authority asserted much more when it comes to investigations? I think all that's going to come, but it's not going to come between now and Election Day, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Talking with Steve Oaken uh, on our international news review. And Steve, we got to close out uh, the the segment today with a sad passing, uh, the actor Fred Willard, who some might remember in the Rob Reiner mockumentary Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. And uh, of course, he was on Modern Family and uh, a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, really well-known shows over the decades. Uh, and the Anchorman films, for example, uh, if you like to watch those. Uh, it was a real loss. I mean, he was 86 years old. He lived a good long life, but but a loss to our popular culture. And you, you left out my favorite movie that that, that he was in, uh, the character he had, was, was Best in Show. Oh, you're right. <laughs> which was in that mockumentary style of, of Spinal Tap, but this was, uh, you know, Christopher Guest, and it was about the dog shows, and he was the, the uh, you know, he was the, the, um, the reporter, or I should say the, the TV uh, you know, reporter color doing the color commentary for mm. the, the dog shows. Hilarious, you know, and you know, it was just, you know, really such a, uh, an actor for, you know, decades and decades. And it was just deadpan and, and such a unique sense of, of timing, um, and how he could, you know, be serious, but make you laugh uh, all the time. So, you know, we loved him in modern family. I loved him when I was, we'll show our age, Glenn. I don't know if you remember Fernwood tonight. I, I was, I was just <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> We may be the only two people in Singapore <laughs> who know what that show is. Yeah, it, it's uh, hilarious. If you if you want to watch a truly hilarious 1970s spoof on talk shows, of course, that was with Martin Mull, who starred as the, the main talk show host, and Fred Willard was his sidekick, his amiable sidekick. But that was I was just looking it up. It, it, it episode first episode aired on July the 4th, 1977. It didn't have a long run. It went until the 30th of September. <laughs> so, <laughs> Didn't last very long, but darn, it was a funny show. But but considered a cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it must, there must be clips of it on YouTube that the the youngsters watch. <laughs> Fernwood tonight, and it was about the uh, fictional place called Fernwood, Ohio, uh, and their and their evening talk show. Oh, just just delightful. But he was he was such a uh, you know such a great actor and. And, uh, you know, maybe not what you would think of your traditional classical actor, but just one that always, you know, added to whatever it was that was that was being broadcast to you in a movie or a TV show. So uh, Fred Willard passing at uh, the age of 86. All right. Yeah, his, his character was Jerry Hubbard and Martin <laughs> Mull was Barth Gimble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A life well lived. Well, thanks so much to Steve Oaken, uh, Senior Advisor, McClarty Associates. Great to have you on again, as always. Thanks, GBZ. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.